0: The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. our host is Reverend Percy McRae director of faith-based programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And, Percy, it's always good to sit down with you and have this program together. Yes,
1: sir. We're back at it again. Let's right. do this.
0: All right. I love talking with you, and I love our listeners checking in with us on iTunes and elsewhere. So we'll talk more about that in just a moment, but let's talk about the focus for today's conversation.
1: Well, we're going to talk to a young lady today by the name of Zorda Evans, who's going to help us to understand how critical it is to understand and know our body and take ownership of taking care of our body. Yeah, it's true
0: that we need to care for ourselves so we can care for other people at the same time. Well,
1: when we understand it from the lens and the perspective of God, we basically were created and we were blessed to be a blessing. We are servants so we can serve others. And at the end of the day, if physically, mentally, emotionally or spiritually we are not at our best, then we're not going to be able to give our best to others in the service in which we've been called. Yeah.
0: You roam the country for Cancer Treatment Centers of America and meet uh, wonderful people all the time. More often than not, they are servants, aren't they?
1: They are. And and if they were not focused around serving, they become very dialed in after a cancer diagnosis. It does that. It's very interesting how people become very laser-focused around, number one, feeling so grateful that I now owe something back to he who is my Lord and God, and to the constituency of the people that they know in their communities and their neighborhoods, that they want to go out and share the good news and encourage people to continue to be mindful of their health and their well-being. Right. Hey, before we go any
0: further, let's talk about what we want our listeners to take note of today in terms of our resource. We have a free resource we offer each week, and this week it's Foods of the Bible. Did you put this
1: together? I did, and this is one of our early, original uh, resources that just... Became so popular and still is so popular. And I think it's because, as we know, Wayne, the faith community, we do so much around food. We fellowship around well, food. We sure do. You know, uh, our church services, our gatherings, obviously, holidays and et cetera. So we put together a document that basically, you know, just aggregated. Uh, different types of food that can be recommended uh, for the cancer community. And so we have this uh, document that outlines vegetables, it outlines spices, it outlines so many different things that can be recommended for uh, good food and nutrition consumption.
0: Mm -hmm. It's called Foods of the Bible. It's available for download right now at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. I don't see casseroles on uh, on uh, foods of the Bible list here. Well,
1: probably you know when you get creative with all of the individual ingredients of the foods okay. of the Bible. Okay, as long
0: as the ingredients are okay, and then you
1: put it together, then you create your casserole. I
0: get it. Okay, all right. Well, you'll want to download this resource, "Foods of the Bible," at Health Hope and Inspiration. Com. Remember, as we have our conversation today, that no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. And let me say, too, that if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. You can simply call 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You will meet our guest in just a moment, but let's open the scriptures as we always do.
1: And our spiritual nugget today that we want to frame this discussion around because we cannot start or stop any conversation until we begin first with the Word of God is found in 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, uh, verses 16. And we read this scripture pretty often, but it's so fundamentally sound uh, for the discussion for today. And it says to this effect Do you not know? Again, asking a question. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Again, a question is being asked of us and we have to answer this question and be honest about it. Who is in you whom you have received from God? You are not your own, but you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies, Mr. Wayne.
0: That is really appropriate for the conversation today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, recently, Percy, you sat down and talked with a very special lady.
1: Well, with me today is cancer patient Zorta Evans, who uh, had uterine cancer and now is currently receiving uh, just regular assessments and checkup uh, post her treatment. Uh, She was diagnosed originally uh, January of 2017 at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration, my dear. Thank you. We want to first talk about when you were first and originally diagnosed with cancer. uh, When and how did you find out and, and how did you react when you heard that you were told that you had cancer?
2: I found out at the doctor's office I had taken tests And then the test results came back, and they called me to come in. when I went into the doctor's office, that's when I was informed that I had cancer. Okay. So immediately what went through my head was, I'm going to get a second opinion, and I I, I want to be treated by someone who basically only deals with the diagnosis that I had. Okay. And um, also... Immediately, I started to pray inside my head. Sure. <laughs> the first and foremost start to pray. Yeah. Because I know he didn't bring me this far to leave me. So. That's
1: right. That's right. The old James Cleveland song. That's yeah. right.
2: So I really didn't have the fear like I should have had. Okay. Due to the fact that I think that because of my faith being so strong, I wasn't really like terrified. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't get that like uh, despair or nothing like that.
1: Okay. So you're, you're told that you had cancer. You were diagnosed. Do you mind me asking at what age were you diagnosed? Is that okay? I was 49. Okay. So you were young. You were young. You're told that you have cancer. You you're just life is going along and here you are now having to deal with that. Um, let's talk about the fact that, uh, you mentioned that you wanted to really be treated by someone who specialized in, in the type of cancer that you were diagnosed with. You obviously found, uh a facility that that you felt comfortable with. You started treating there, Cancer Treatment Centers of America and Chicago. And in that, you said you started kicking into your faith. You started really delving into, and this this becomes pretty typical for folks who, who, who are of a faith orientation, that their faith becomes very front and center, and they begin to really lean in in, in in regards to that. First of all, did you have a history of cancer in your family that you were aware of by any chance?
2: My father had two siblings that had cancer. Okay,
1: so there was a history there that you had some knowledge of. And I think it's important to say that because we all should have some type of working knowledge of of health history in our family. And sometimes we tend to ignore that. And I know in some cases, not all cases, uh, you know, certain cultural groups tend not to talk about health history in their families and talking about, you know, what granddad or grandma or anybody So I think it's important to help encourage people to make sure that they understand and know what their family health history is. So you kind of knew that. You're told that you have cancer, you start treatment, and of course you um, you had surgery to basically address your particular type of cancer. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, I know one of the things that you did mention to me before we actually went on air was the fact that you did not utilize uh, any uh, pain medication. Uh, let's talk about why you chose to do that.
2: Sure, I basically have never taken main pain medications and hmm. medicine like that, even outside. Like it has, it'd has, be a rare instant that I would have to take like Tylenol, oh, ibuprofen, mm-hmm. but I would use them like if it was really, really, really necessary. Okay. But um, I had a discussion with my oncologist and I stated to him that I did not want to receive any type of narcotics. I said, the only thing that I would like to receive is either regular Tylenol or regular ibuprofen. Okay. I don't want any type of pain medicines outside of that, controlled or non-controlled, none of that.
1: Is there any particular reason why you you, you are anti-narcotic or anti-pain medication?
2: Well, me, myself, I try not to put anything that is not naturally made. Okay. that's not from the father inside my body. Okay. And I know that. If I have to have surgery, he's already aware of my instances, my situation. You know, I pray and I already receive the information from him for what I need to do. Okay. And I listen. Got it. And I stated to them what was stated to me. Okay. What I thought that I felt that was necessary for my body.
1: Okay. So there was just a personal choice for you. Yes. And I think it's important. There's a couple of points that I want to make with regard to that. Number one, we have had. One of the pain medication doctors from cancer treatment centers of America that we've interviewed here on the show to talk about the balance of uh, when is it appropriate to use, you know, pain medication and that the philosophy in his particular case was to try to use pain medications only when it was absolutely necessary but one of the other motivating factors for some and certainly th- this is not the case for you but I've had opportunity to support cancer patients who also come from the world of addiction that they they became very concerned that you know that they did not want to reintroduce any type of 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 medi- medications to their physiological being because of the fear of triggering old tendencies and behaviors. That's not the case here. But the point to be made is, we are now currently in a national dialogue, uh, in general, talking about the use and the and the misuse in some cases of pain medications opioids and et cetera. So I salute and 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 am excited to hear that for you, and I think this is very important for you to make that personal choice and decision that worked for you and that was beneficial to you. But there may be others who may not be able to do that, who may have to have pain medication, but that was a personal choice that you took and that worked out well for you.
2: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are not informed. They don't they don't know that ibuprofen and Tylenol are actually pain medications that can be administered through the IV they come in the forms that they can administer okay. just the way just the same way that they administer you know narcotic pain medicine
1: mm-hmm. It's an important thing for people to know that that's a possibility as a choice okay. and of course as a disclaimer on the show as always we are not uh authorized to give clinical instructions to anyone. This is not to be medical advice. Please make sure you talk to your personal uh, physician about your unique medical situation and circumstances. This is uh, Zorda's experience. And again, that may or may not work for you. But we are just talking about her story. Having said that, you you work through that process, uh, you have your surgery. Uh, and I'm sitting here looking at you, you look well, you look great to me. How are things today? How are you doing?
2: Very well. Very well.
1: And so when we say very well, mentally, emotionally, physically. And spiritually. And spiritually. uh, You're progressing. Yes. Life is good. Life is excellent. You're still receiving uh, quarterly assessments, but you're not under current treatment. How has the experience of being a cancer patient changed you? And what are you doing now? Well, cancer has taught me
2: to pay very, very good attention to the things that I do, things that I put in my body and the things that I do with my body. Okay. You know, and to pay attention to the signs and the signals that your body give you. If you go and don't get an answer from someone when something is going on with your body, seek further, seek further treatments or further answers, evaluations. Okay. You know, until you get an answer and a possible solution to whatever health um, issues are going on with your body.
1: So in other words, really, really dig into noticing and and paying attention to you and then having conversation with a health professional. That's really what I'm hearing you say. Correct. How strongly and and is it fair to say that your social environment, that there are times that maybe people struggle with having a conversation with their health provider or talking about their health care? Do you think that that's an issue for people that you know or the community that you come from?
2: It's an issue with a lot of people. I know and have spoken with several people that don't even go see the doctor unless they say, oh, it's a, if it's a major event, you know, if it's a major event, you don't they don't go see the doctor for regular appointments. They don't go, you know, for regular maintenance. But that's what we're supposed to do. But we especially change as
1: the, women. Yeah. But we'll change the oil in our car every three months or every right. whatever 5000 miles. We'll we dust and vacuum our house on a regular basis. But but for some reason. For some, we have this disconnect of this regular maintenance of our physical bodies is what I'm hearing you say. I think we
2: see it as a burden, you know, (laughs) with the doctor and the stuff. Instead of us making it as a routine and a necessity for our bodies to function properly and for us to live our life properly, we don't do that. I was a person that went to the doctor. Okay and stayed on top of it and me when I find out something I do research so once I was told that I had cancer I researched it myself okay and I spent time and time researching it so that I can inform my family got it so we both can be abreast of what I'm dealing with what's all of the options we have so that I'll make an uh, informed decision about what I need to do
1: so you took ownership you've taken ownership of your health your health care and the maintenance of your physical well-being
2: And that's what each and every person should do. You have one body, one life, it's up to you to take care of it, just like you take care of everything that's outside of you, you have to learn to start taking care of you first, and then everything else fall in place.
1: So with that being said, what's the one thing, one big thing, I'm sure it's more than one that you've learned or you've taken away from the experience of being a cancer patient and now moving in the direction of a survivor that you can share with this audience that may be a moment of inspiration for them. What was what was something that you learned or take away from your experience that you would share with the audience today?
2: That knowledge is power and being informed is beneficial not only to yourself but to the multitude because now I spread the information with people that I touch and see, you know, and keep us informed, especially we I network with quite a few people, so, you know, I try to make sure that everyone knows that you have to be on top of what's going on. And then my social network and my um, family and our bond and our relationship, it was already tight. But this now is even closer Okay. because now we pay attention to everyone. Mm. We have started looking at, OK, how are you doing? OK, it's this you know, holding each other accountable. Exactly. Exactly. What well, do you need me to come and take you or, you know step in and check on everybody we we do the wellness checks okay and we're not senior citizens so we're family citizens wow so friends and family you know having a close-knit support group is very beneficial okay your faith number one your support group and your fam your within it contains your family and friends yes. it's another thing and see my outlook is that i want to be here I have three beautiful grandchildren, Zaria, Carlton, and Michael.
1: Uh Uh-oh. And I have four guard children. When grandmama call out them babies name by name, you know you're getting serious now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I want to be here for all of their life events, graduations, proms, marriages, and when they have children. You know, I want to be here for those events. So I have to take care of me, and then I have to, you know, instill in them that it's very important that they take care of them so that they don't. Arrive to the situation and to the spot that I was in when I became, you know, ill, you know, so that they'll be able to be aware and be on top of it before me. Got it.
1: So the takeaway is this, and I'm going to synthesize it as I close. Uh, While we're young and restless, we only have one life to live. And so while as the world turns, I'm trying to help keep you out of general hospital. That's what I just heard you say. Exactly. Today (laughs) you have heard from Zorta Evans, who is a former uterine cancer uh, patient. She was diagnosed originally in January of 2017, and today she is here to tell her story. I salute you. I congratulate you. May those grandbabies and those great grandbabies grow up and that you'll be strong to witness every major milestone in their life. Thank you for your story today.
2: And thank you for having me.
0: Uh, We appreciate Zorta joining us here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We'll talk about this conversation in just a moment. But with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. You can do that by calling this number, 866-712-HOPE. That's toll-free, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, Personalized care and spiritual support. And you can learn more at health, hope, and all right, I'm not going to let you get away with it, Percy, because it appears to me that you must be watching soap operas from how you wrapped up that conversation with Zorda a few moments ago.
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, growing up, there was a period in my life where I kind of got interested no, in soap operas. No, I did. For the sc- Young and the Restless, yeah, you said. And General, General, General Hospital. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. So <laughs> those those titles of those shows kind of <laughs> stuck in my brain. I
0: just wanted you to know, you didn't sneak that one past me. So <laughs> <laughs> you, caught
1: me, you caught me red-handed, my I friend. Did, I, so did. I, I did. So I confess.
0: But what a valuable lesson we learned from Zorda.
1: Well, Zorda really talked about some very important dynamics, particularly given our current culture, uh, and and some important lessons from them. One was that I thought is still interesting that's very much in the forefront of our current culture of discussion is taking of pain medication. We know, of course, that we are in a national dialogue, as I mentioned in the interview, of, you know, this uh, opioid epidemic. yes. And, you know, that has reached now what some consider to be epidemic proportions and and now has become a real problem in our society. And the problem has also filtered down into the health community. Uh, You know, we've interviewed uh, a pain management physician here several times uh, previously on our shows. And for those of you who did not hear those shows or would like to hear them again, go to our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Listen in the menu and type pain into the search programs box mm-hmm. and and the takeaway was that there are many individuals now who are looking mm-hmm. at not doing pain meds or narcotics and choosing not to do so for various different reasons and zorda discussed and talked about her personal choice and I want to underline and underscore the fact that that is a personal choice uh, that she had a discussion with her physician and said that she did not want uh, to have uh, pain medication that she simply only wanted wanted to uh, be given uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen.
0: And that certainly is a decision she's free to make herself. It's her body, right?
1: She's free to make. And I think the important uh, element here is that was a choice. It was a decision. I think a lot of patients today would like to have choices and decisions given to them. And then if it does not... Uh, uh, compromise their care and their health. Uh, I would think that your healthcare professional should be willing to sit down and have that discussion with you, as it was the case for her, and that worked out very well. But again, that was a personal choice, and everyone needs to uh, think through that. You know, some people may have higher or lower uh, levels of of uh, pain tolerance, mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day, again. Every healthcare dynamic and certainly every cancer journey is unique. Yes. It is different and it is specific. What a great
0: conversation to have with your
1: doctors, though. But again, I think that the takeaway here is be empowered to have those conversations with your physician. And of course, if your physician is not willing to sit down and have those types of conversations with you, that may help you to make decisions on is that a good partner for you? Because I think we all want to have a partnership in, in our healthcare and in our health care and in what happens to us from a medical perspective. Yeah.
0: Another thing that came out in your interview with Zorda was the fact that we need to take charge of our bodies, you know, not just in pain management, but in just routine maintenance as well.
1: And it's the reason why we chose the opening scripture that we yes. read today, because uh, that's not just, uh, you know, something that we should frivolously think about. It's actually mandated in the word of God as spiritual believers. uh, We're mandated that we're supposed to take ownership of our bodies and take care of it and that that the body that God has given us actually does not belong to us. We are stewards. And so we're expected uh, to uh, facilitate good stewardship just as we would of our automobile or our home or whatever. Uh, item that we own that it requires uh, being taken care of. And, you know, it's interesting that in some cases people may take better care of their cars and their homes than they do their physical bodies. <laughs> Isn't that sad? And so it puts in perspective from a godly perspective that God is in, is requiring us uh, to take ownership. And that certainly was part of the driving force uh, for Zorda that she said, particularly after, her treatment process, that she became very much more aware of what was going on and what her body was saying to her and being more in tune with her physical being and that encouraging others to do the same. She mentioned the fact that uh, there are many people that she personally knew who still are struggling and taking issue with the fact of having a relationship with their healthcare professional. And so we want to bring that wall of distrust. And, and and fear, at the end of the day, we should take ownership of what happens to our physical beings, Wayne. Yes. And that means regular maintenance checkups and seeing our physician on a regular basis. Yeah,
0: there's no reason for that wall at all, is there?
1: There it simply is. not not given the day and age that we live in, we have so much to say and we are empowered at the end of the day to basically be very much part of that process.
0: I was very impressed that as our guests talked to us, it wasn't just for her benefit. It's so she would be available to help others. She talked about watching out for others, you know, the wellness checks. Uh, great idea.
1: Well, and what comes with that, and, you know, this is kind of a concept that uh, has been introduced, I would say, over the last probably decade or so of uh, in terms of wellness having a wellness partner, have a walking partner, have an exercise partner, uh, have a uh, a moral compass partner so that we can keep each other accountable. Yes. And I think it's important, you know, not that we need to have anyone lord over us or be our sheriff, but there are times just like with people who are, are dieting, for example, or trying to change their nutritional practices, you know, keep me accountable. And so again, but in order to be accountable, one must agree to accountability and enter into a relationship to allow others to do that on their behalf. It's one of the reasons why so many people now are having life coaches and exercise coaches and (laughs) trainers. What do you pay a trainer to do? Basically, to motivate Mm -hmm. you and push you and keep you accountable to to the goals that you say you want to meet. I think it's a very good practice, and she's very engaged in her community in that regard.
0: Well, some of us live in the Midwest, and in the Midwest, we have uh, cold snaps and in heat waves in the summertime, you yeah. need to check on your neighbors. Let's expand that just to check on each other healthwise.
1: I think that as we expand our school of thought around that type of mentality, we would better serve each other in that regard for various different reasons. You're right. I know that I grew up Uh, in the greater Chicagoland area, and particularly in the wintertime, when you have those real bad cold snaps, they always tell you, make sure you check on the elderly, check on family and friends, make sure their heat is on. Again, the same school of thought is just basically, uh, I am my brother's keeper. Let's just expand that. That's exactly correct. And again, it is a godly concept that God expects us to care for one another and to take care of each other because it's part of our godly duty and our Christian service.
0: Let me take another moment and turn our attention back to our resource, which we're offering to our listeners, Foods of the Bible. We always make these resources available instantly online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Foods of the Bible simply lists uh, the foods that you've observed in the Bible and the and the reference where we find that.
1: And more importantly is the fact that then we went and cross-referenced those mentioned foods uh, with uh, reputable uh, cancer organizations that talk about what they recommend from a nutritional value to cancer patients that would be beneficial as a cancer patient. And then we went and found those references of those foods in a biblical context so that we can associate the two together. So I want to be very clear about that.
0: That's what makes this so valuable. Foods of the Bible, you can download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I should have mentioned this earlier, but for those of you listening to our program, chances are you have not left a review of the podcast, Mm. as we call it, here of this program, and we'd love to have you do that. That helps others know what we're all about and helps others know that we even are here.
1: Absolutely. Please uh, let your voice be heard. Let us know how the program Uh, is beneficial to you and more importantly let others know what this program is doing on your behalf that it may be helpful for them as well and
0: then there's something else we developed the our journey of hope ministry leaders network to help equip and empower every church in the country to better meet this great need of cancer care if you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the our journey of hope ministry leaders network Joining this network is absolutely free, and when you sign up, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our monthly informative email newsletter. So again, visit the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. This time, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. Well, uh, your scripture that you read to us before the interview meant a lot, but it means a lot more after hearing from Zorda today.
1: Absolutely, it does. And it's a good reminder. And I also want to just throw out before I go there, make sure that you also check out the Health, Hope, and Inspiration podcast Facebook page as oh, yes, well. yes, And so we want to remind people, go on that page and uh, like and, and send that to your family and friends. But as we close strong, uh, particularly given uh, the recommendations that we were uh, received from our interview today, 1 Corinthians the sixth chapter verse 19 basically says do you not know again a question is being asked do you not know that your bodies your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God you are not your own but you were bought with a price therefore honor God with your bodies how are we going to honor God with our bodies we're going to take accountability of what happens with our bodies and what we do to our bodies, and we're going to hold ourselves and others accountable to do the same.
0: Great use of the Scripture here as we close our program today. Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, great to be with you.
1: Bless you, my friend. You know what we got to do now.
0: We've got to go chop some wood. <laughs> we got to get something done. All right, that's Percy McRae here, our host on Health, Hope, and Inspiration.